am I going to do, quit? That's not an option. You got to keep on keeping on. Life's a garden, dig it. You make it work for you. You never give up, man. That's my philosophy. Welcome back. I'm your host, Jake P. Richardson. So I just got back from uh, about a week trip uh, that I went to California. Uh, I visited some friends and family and and got to check on some projects while I was out there. Uh, But I was also able to record a couple podcasts. I sat down with Mike Leventini, uh, which you guys heard last week. And on the same day, I went to Judy Kay's. So Judy was one of the first showgoat people that I encountered in California when I started showing him. And she not only started the weather goat industry out there, but she dominated it for quite a while. Uh, Judy's really one of a kind person, and she was super excited to share her story. I even spent a few extra hours before and after we recorded over there just just sitting down and and going through all of her old pictures. She probably had a dozen uh, binders just full of pictures and and old goat pedigrees and just information and and like bills of sales and just inf- just just all this history. And we were both nerded out for uh, quite a while. I had a really good time recording it, and I hope you guys enjoy it. This is Legendary Mindset with Jake P. Well, which part of L.A. did you grow up in? Because I was born in Panorama City. Um, We could see that Westchester... Mm-hmm. We could see the planes from LAX on our porch. Really? Yeah. So how old were you when you moved out of there? Eleven. Eleven. Do you guys have any livestock? Or just... And then when we moved to Chino, mm-hmm. um, and we had like a oh, five-acre place, mm-hmm. and we had horses and sheep and cattle and dogs. Just all f- got and farm. gotten 4-H. Mm-hmm. How'd 4-H go? Would you, did you show at all? I or? showed. Um, I was an all-star for San Bernardino County, went all the way through um, till Mm all-stars, so... Was FFA a thing back then? My mom went, she was a community leader, and she would not let us go, like, Mm -hmm. into FFA, Mm -hmm. because she thought... FFA stole all the good 4-H kids. <laughs> I, I've, I remember that when I was in 4-H. They kind of had the same deal. There's a little bit of a competitiveness between the two of them out here. And um, Lee Petty mm-hmm. was my high school ag instructor. Um, his first year there, and then he went to Mount Sac. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Hoppy Estes. Hop Estes, yeah, Ryan's dad, right? Yeah. Um, he was also my ag instructor at um, Mount Sac. Oh, okay. And they live just down the road from us, and their daughter Carrie lives right where we grew up. Mm-hmm. And now Hop and um, Debbie and Ryan and Mona Lisa live just down the road from us now. Yeah. And we've kept in touch for with them for. 40 years oh, yeah. plus. And they've been raising sheep uh, yeah. forever, yeah. Definitely. So uh, what, uh, so there was shows back then. What was the industry like? Um, we we and went and we had sheep and mm-hmm. there was five kids in our family. Mm-hmm. So we each had a different breed. Perfect. <laughs> <laughs> so we could go to the um, fairs um, and take probably almost a hundred sheep. Cause oh my gosh! That we breeding sheep, and you had a full string. Mm-hmm. So there was a lot of fairs, um, L.A. County Fair, mm-hmm. um, Orange Show, Del Mar, um, 
Victorville, mm-hmm. San Bernardino County Fair. Um, so we went to all those fairs, and that's where I met a lot of people. Yeah, I'm sure. You know, a lot of people. I've heard the, you know, just the stories of how the industry was out here before, and those breeding shows were, were king. I mean, no people didn't show weathers. They just hauled hundreds, double-decker trailers even. Uh, yeah, we, we had... Um, Racks in the back of the pickup that mm-hmm. was double decked and double decked in our trailer, and we we had to hand shear them because mm-hmm. everybody goes, you know, well, when how'd you get, you know, like big forearms? Mm-hmm. <laughs> like when we had, to, mm-hmm. and it was a big thing to win the sheep fitting contest. Oh yeah, they had those back then. Yeah, that's awesome. But you know, like we do with the cattle mm-hmm. and the the goats, um, but and. Uh, we all loved it when we sheared off the sheep. Mm-hmm. Um, like all the way down to the all skin? The, all the way down, you mm-hmm. know, on the the weather coats. And it was, I mean, more prestigious probably to have, um, like, the champion ram or the champion youth than the champion weather. Mm-hmm. Um, Great Western we went to um, when it was down in Pico Rivera. Mm-hmm. That was a nice place to be, too. I'm sure. Um, and they had sales on the um, lambs and pigs. And remember, like old Steve Dwarfman, Colonel Steve Dwarfman, mm-hmm. uh, always had his cigar mm-hmm. in the auctioneer. But the prices, buying them for us to show, and when we sold them at auction, was not like today. Not like today at all. No. So did, were you raising these ones that you were showing? Or were yeah. You- um because um, most of them, um, like I had Dorsets, uh-huh. and then my sister had Shrops, and then we had Hamps, and most of the Hamps would be the market mm-hmm. um, lambs. Yeah. And besides, like Hoppy and Lee, um, we also lived next door to a um, Basco, uh-huh. and. Kind of what I learned, I mean, commercially and about taking care of sheep and running dogs, mm-hmm. training dogs, was from my Basco neighbor, and I worked for him. So, yeah. you know, I'm, I mean, he lived right next to us, but he ran it all over the Chino Hills, his sheep. And so, he, oh, like a Basque guy, like the, ba- the, the sheep ranchers that live with the sheep? Yeah. The oh, Basque. okay. Yeah. I gotcha. So those guys are hardcore sheep. Which, which part of the world are they from? Um, that's It depends what side of the Pyrenees Mountains they're mm-hmm. on. Um, you could have Spanish bass, which is on the Spanish side, and French bass, which is on the French side. Mm-hmm. And Pierre was French, and his wife, Juanita, was Spanish. Oh, okay. So, but those guys, livestock people, mm-hmm. you know, and then they had the Central Bass Hotel in... Um, Chino, Mm -hmm. and kind of like the wool growers um, restaurant, Mm -hmm. and then a lot of them work for the dairies at um, down in Chino. Okay, they were the milkers, the feeders, the herdsmen. They knew livestock. Oh, it was their life. I mean, I mean, he he'd have forty five hundred sheep, and he'd you know run them through the crowd, and he goes, "We're missing three. (laughs) Count them." So that's incredible. um, 
And, and they lived with them too, like they had campers or tents. Yeah, and they, were just they had tents. And nomadic sheep. I learned them. about boda bags. What are those? Wine bags. Mm-hmm. They, um, you put the red wine in, and you just, just hold it up above your head, right into your mouth. <laughs> I think the, the teenagers have another word for that today. They're gonna get a wine bag. Yeah, we'll slap the bag, but yeah. So what? What was your path at that point? Did you just want to raise sheep for the rest of your life? Or be um, I w- actually I wanted to do more with dogs. Okay. Tra- um, grooming and training of dogs, mm-hmm. but um, I knew that I wanted to um, get out of Southern California. Mm-hmm. I left in 1978. <laughs> I thought there was too many people yeah. there, but I'd gone through Mount Sac. I'd got my degree. And I worked at the dairy, and then I was on the beef and the lamb show team Mm -hmm. for Mount Sac. And Hoppy, I said, I want to go to Chico State. And he goes, I'll get you in, and I'll get you, you know, set up there. Because Debbie's dad Mm -hmm. was Ron Hutchings, and he was in charge of the judging team at Chico State Mm -hmm. and the beef unit. And so... um, when I went up there, Ron said, I can't get you in at the beef units is full, the sheep unit's full. He goes, but I got a place at the dairy, mm-hmm. and you can live at the swine unit, and you can milk. And actually, I was the um, herdsman at the dairy. Really? And everything, like for kids, you mm-hmm. kids that are coming up, don't ever say no. Like, I'm going dairy cattle. Mm-hmm. Um, that's where I met my husband because he had a dairy at that time, mm-hmm. and we used his Ayrshire's, um, which is a red and white breed, and they have those big horns. Yeah. Um, and so we used his, so I was in charge of getting his cows ready we'd have two classes a mature class mm-hmm. and a yearling class and going down there every day um we fell in love Aww. it didn't hurt i brought cookies and dinner and stuff too that is a secret to a man's heart yes but yes no i think that's a good message i mean when you're young and trying to learn you kind of have to say yes to everything and just take every opportunity no matter what yes because i'm going why would i want to do that and, yeah. and so you gotta um don't say no, because, yeah. and everything you're doing is adding to your experience. Mm-hmm. So um, that's I got up to Chico State, and I graduated um, in December of eighty, and we got married in April of eighty one. So we've been married thirty nine years. So did you? So he had a dairy. He still he had a dairy, mm-hmm. and we milked cows. Um, probably for too long, because mm-hmm. it, it's a tough business. Oh, for sure. It's Definitely. a tough business. A lot of like up and down and you know, financial. And- yeah, and this was when um, oh the water and air quality um, controls were coming in and. Um, we were up in, um, Corning at mm-hmm. that time. He had his dairy, um, up there and I went to Chico and, um, so we milked cows and he was doing some work for ABS, mm-hmm. um, 
breeding and um dwight williams um hired my husband and he knew um hoppy estes and he knew and he knew me because dwight grew up just on the road over from where i grew up Mm -hmm. and he knew dan bush and so everybody knows everybody that's another thing you kids have to learn that all everybody knows everybody Mm -hmm. so um Dwight Williams hired my husband, and so he was, like, gone four days a week and would come home, left me with 500 cows and... It's nice of him. <laughs> two Mexicans, and yeah. um, so... I'm sure you got it done. Yeah, well, I got her done. There you go. So when you, you know, between college and, and running the dairy with your, your new husband, did you stay involved with the show sheep at all, or...? Um, a little bit, um, but I was mostly showing, then I was showing with the steers. Oh, okay. And that was the time when them steers got really big. Mm-hmm. And um, so, like Ron, and even at Mount Sac, I showed one. Um, I, since I'm short, we could get them to be big. Mm-hmm. You know, you have to look under their belly or in front of their brisket because... I mean, those things were 15, 16, 1,700 pounds. Yeah. Those, when those Kianinas come in, mm-hmm. they looked like all those horses for the Derby. No, especially, I bet they did, especially compared to what cattle looked like now, in America back then. Weren't they a lot smaller? Yeah, a lot like smaller. Because yeah. we were all showing, um, like, the, the Angus and the Hereford, where you kind of put their hay straw up to their belly, mm-hmm. and you could look over them. Oh, yeah. Um, it changed a lot. It's changed a lot. Mm-hmm. So uh, when did, how long after that did you did you kind of get into the goats? Were you raising dairy goats at all before the boars showed up? Or no, nothing? no. Um, I'd had I'd brought some sheep of ours because um, we sold the ranch mm-hmm. when my youngest brother um, graduated from high school. Mm-hmm. And my dad bought my mom a house on the golf club at the country club because that's what he wanted to do, and he'd done the kid thing. And Mm -hmm. so I brought the remaining, I don't know, it was about 20, 25 sheep up to my place. And then when it got tough, we probably dairied for about 10 years. And um, ABS offered him a deal um we sold the cows they went right out here um ruan dairy Mm -hmm. to um well the ruan dairy dairy. (laughs) out here east of fresno west of fresno Mm -hmm. and he got hired from abs then we moved from corning down to davis and um we were there for about 15 years, and he was working for ABS and his um, area Modesto to the basically the Oregon border. Okay, and you had no cows at this point. No cows. So what were you up to? Um, I got a job, and I worked at UC Davis um, as a vet tech in the food animal barn. Sounds like fun. I got to know our friend Mikey. Mikey. Mikey Reese. Oh, okay. You know Mikey Reese. Oh, yeah. Big 
big, uh, his big full blood guy in California. Big now. full. Guess who got him started? Oh, yeah. How? So he was, he was a young guy back then. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yep. So you guys hit it off. Was he said so he was working at Davis? You said he was the superintendent supervisor at um, C C Barn, which was the food animal barn. Oh, okay. So um, I let him do pigs. I do not do pigs, mm -hmm. despite buying Spalding's um, hog ranch. Mm -hmm. So, but I would do sheep and goats and show the vet students um, how to handle sheep and dairy cattle and mm -hmm. beef Start cattle. Those instincts yeah, because um, Davis was pretty cool. They had all the toys and whistles and mm -hmm. you know. And you didn't have to pay for it either. And so. you didn't have to pay for <laughs> it, and they could, um, you know, bring animals in. It was super easy to get them in rooms. Mm -hmm. And how long were you there for? Um, about ten years. Mm -hmm. We seemed to stay at each place about ten years. So. Then we moved, then they wa they'd wanted my husband down here in the Fresno area probably 10 years before mm -hmm. doing the cows. And he doesn't breed or AI. He does all the matings for um, the dairy cattle. Mm -hmm. And there's like 30 um, economic um, traits that he looks at on the dairy cattle. Feet and legs, um, rump angle, um, udder, and there's several traits on the teats, um, rib shape, um, how feminine or masculine they are, mm -hmm. um, foot shape, and then whatever the dairyman's um, parameters are for um, services per con conception. Mm -hmm. Um, if they needed higher fat or more milk or they want higher type, um, their ro angle on their, um, pin set needs to be, if they, um, needs to be changed. If they need to be, um, taller, smaller, mm -hmm. um, consultant cons consulting, mm -hmm. and then he does it all on a little inventory computer and sends it back to Wisconsin, which is our home base, mm -hmm. and they'll match it to each cow to two bulls, and then send it back. And Off he, of the score that he's given the cow. Yes. Wow. So he, um, and then he'll download that into um, the dairyman's computer, and then when the breeder comes out tomorrow morning, he just presses that pen that needs to be bred, and whatever cows are in heat, and the semen is there, and the matings are there, so he doesn't, you know, have to ask the dairyman or, or mm -hmm. who do I breed these cows to? Yeah. It's so it's it's really a pretty consistent um, program for getting, and they do have one for beef cattle too. Mm -hmm. Um, mostly like in the Midwest where there's a lot of um, cattle. A lot more, yeah, cows on Yeah. So, um, and then... So you were at Davis for 10 years. What was what was next after that? Then we came down to Porterville, uh -huh. and um, he was busy, and I'd gone to State Fair... Mm -hmm. 
and the Borgoats came into the U.S. in the early 90s, 1993, 94. Um, and that's about when we moved down to um, Porterville. But when I was in Davis, we were real close to State Fair, mm -hmm. and I saw a Borgoat um, buck was there and talked with that ranch from Texas. Mm -hmm. um, who was it? Do you remember the people? Who were uh, can't, remember. can't remember. That was a long time ago. That was ago. the first time you saw one. I, the first time I saw one was at our state fair hmm. in like 93 or 94. So first year or two that they're even here, there's already out in California. Yeah. And a lot of, um, backtrack a little bit, people had started with the ostriches and the emus. The emus came in, and when we moved... Down there, we were kind of looking at going into the birds. Mm -hmm. And I'm glad we didn't, that we just went straight into the boar goats. Because mm -hmm. there was a lot of people that did the ostriches and the emus. And then they sold them because with the emus, the birds, mm -hmm. they had to make um, a market. Yeah. There was, but I'm going, okay. We have all these ethnics, and 85% of the world eats goat meat. Yeah. So we already have a market, but we don't have any goats. We don't have any goats. So I said, and right there, kind of in Davis and then down in Porterville, ethnics all over. Mm -hmm. And But I didn't really want to do, I wanted to do show goats. Yeah. And I did the, the full bloods and the percentages, but wasn't really what I wanted to do. I wanted to do the weather goats for the kids. Mm -hmm. And those don't in, didn't really exist. They yet. did not they exist. Had the idea to... I mean, I started the goats at um, Dixon Fair mm -hmm. and at Solano County Fair. Um, and the goats were in with the small animals. The rabbits, the chickens, the um, turkeys. The turkeys up in Yellow County, they're in with the catfish. Really? Yes. That's some discrimination. Right there. <laughs> but yeah, Yellow County had catfish. So as we started working on that, the first year I had eight kids that had goats, and. I go, um, and the Fletchers up there are amazing girls on the, and she goes, well, but they sell with the small animals. She goes, but I'll see what I can do. She goes, guess what, Judy? She said, we had like, um, it was five lots per turkeys and chickens and ducks. And, and she goes, but we're short because you would have five goat kids mm -hmm. that would sell. But we're short, so three, so all eight of your kids can sell. Holy smokes. And Holy now um, that um, that fair, now it's up over 100. Mm -hmm. It's huge now. It's huge. What year was that, that first market weather show in California, oh. you think? I was looking on my date books, but... Late 90s, early 2000. Oh, okay. So what was, so you said you messed around with some percentage and full blood stuff. Where, where'd you go to get those, or how did you find the ones you're looking for, I guess? Um, 
Texas. Texas, okay. <laughs> Sounds about right. Um, well, actually, the first, there was a sale, pretty, um, 95 at Fresno Fairgrounds, mm -hmm. and the um, Consortium of Texas Boar Goat Raisers came out to um, Fresno Fairgrounds, mm -hmm. and it was Joe Raff and um, Don Smith. Mm -hmm. Joe used to work for Don, yeah. and Steve Evans, and Paul Payne. Mm -hmm. um, see who else was in there but they came out and brought a bunch of does and some bucks mm -hmm. so we picked up some there were those pretty high dollar like everyone I, wanted them or no one really was they were i think the top was like a thousand dollars and the others were 250 to 500 okay so, so then they were higher yeah. than market price but not yeah okay um and most of um there was some full bloods and most some percentages mm -hmm. and they had several sales they came out here and we bought them and then we got to it was probably more a, a marketing deal mm -hmm. and then us that were serious drove back there mm -hmm. and bought um goats mm -hmm. but they had the labor day sales oh yeah and angelo yeah still do no they were somewhere else they were all at their ranches um, so you would go to like Powell Homans, you would go to Norman's, um, Schaefer's, um, quite a few of those. Uh, Pat and Don Foster, were they doing it back then? PDF? Yeah, I, I know I bought, <laughs> I spent a lot of money there too. <laughs> um, but there, but you'd go there and, um. You'd have a, a goat barbecue, mm -hmm. and then and they'd have like three sales a day, one in the morning, one in the afternoon, one in the evening. So you'd go, you'd have the barbecue, you'd have the sale, you'd load up your goats, then you'd follow the caravan to the next sale and do the same thing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, now they all... Now yeah, it's... it's easier to and now it was more... I like... Going to Angelo to the Coliseum, it's nicer, mm -hmm. um, but it was funner the other way. Oh, 100%. You know, it's... Mm -hmm. uh, Doug, was Douglas, Douglas Bean was raising some back then? Yes. Too, right? Yes. Yeah, Douglas in. Beam. Mm -hmm. um, well, now it's what? Shrank Beam? Well, uh, so uh, Galen, and, Galen Shrank and David Garrett uh, bought out but, partnerships, so they still kind of own it together. Own it together. Um, but when I then I started going back there, and I bought um, through the shows. I met Terry Player, mm -hmm. um, and I told him I needed a buck and what I wanted. So then he introduced me to um, Barney Fowler. Mm -hmm. So we went back there and bought a buck, and um, I guess this history. yeah. So that, those first experiences with those Texans coming to California, did you try really hard to build a relationship with them? And yeah, every time, yeah, they came out and mm -hmm. stayed in touch. And um, and so one, well, kind of like the first time I went out there, um, Terry Blair, um, 
made the intimidator feed mm -hmm. and um he was a judge mm -hmm. and he had some goats and um so the first year we were out here um out there i stayed for a week me and jen um carlson mm -hmm. from uc davis and um terry took me all over texas and he was a feed salesman mm -hmm. so and I, everybody and he goes, I know everybody goes on, and I know when they're not home, and I like it better <laughs> when they're not home. And Terry really helped, like, my judging, mm -hmm. and um, we'd go to a pen like Don Smith and Claire and um, Sharon Powell Homan, mm -hmm. and there'd be, like, a hundred buck kids in a pen, a hundred yearlings in a pan of bucks, and then a hundred like doe kids and yearlings. He goes, pick the best one out of here, Judy. I'm going like crap. <laughs> <laughs> I think that one's my. So um, he helped me a lot. Yeah. And he took me everywhere. Was that part of your first education? And, yeah. Um, and we were doing, um, did you go to those um, seminars we had at San Joaquin Fairgrounds? Mm-mm. That was before me, maybe. Um, every year, um, Chris Schogberger and I um, would put on the, the goat part, mm -hmm. and we had it for all the species at San Joaquin Fairgrounds. And they brought out, like, the top guys, um, and the feed, well, they're still doing them now, but I don't think as big as they were. Yeah. But we'd bring, because things of. Um, Showright and Associated do a lot of them now. Yeah. Out here. I mean, everything's gotten bigger and better and more serious. And people spend all day there wanting to know about what's a CDT chop. <laughs> I'm just going like. I got, you know, Joe came out twice, mm -hmm. Norman and. Um, Kathy came out, um, Bronk Fleming, and we had some of the um, extensions, Rick Machen. Um, we had Terry Blair out. We had Barney Fowler and his two kids out. Um, and so it was pretty big. It was pretty big deal. It was a big deal. Yeah, it was a big deal. Trying to get. You know, the goats explain weights and just budding and... Just getting these people started out here. Cause, yeah. Um, the, like now, if you're raising goats in California, you could ask 100 different breeders how to do all that. But I guess no one was really there to teach them, right? No. Yeah. Um, so... Oh, it's... There you go. Eh. Um, and, oh, Prather... Um, Gibbs mm -hmm. and and Joe says why are you having a lamb guy do goats and I go I don't know but I we've heard that he's won Houston more than anybody alive so <laughs> he, must he must know something and so um <laughs> there you go so who are those Texas guys that you probably liked uh, the most maybe Probably Joe and and Barney. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, I can call Barney. I go, Barney, I bought a set of goats. 
I got this kid that lives in California but going to school in Texas that um, Clay, Clay, um, some um, college. Oh, Clarendon? J Clarendon, mm -hmm. yeah. Um, and can he borrow a trailer and bring him out here and then we'll bring it back? He goes, sure. Oh, yeah. But um, probably Norman, Joe Rav, and Barney Fowler. Mm -hmm. um, and like. It's a pretty good company. Yeah. I mean, Barney, we've showed up. I mean, J um, Norman showed up on Easter Sunday. Mm -hmm. And Kathy, she's always. We got to feed you before we can go out and look at goats mm -hmm. and just have a good old time and telling Norman he's got to build a bigger room for his taxidermy oh, yeah. you know mounts and I was for there a week ago and there's a mountain lion, lion. staring at me on his uh, <laughs> fireplace <laughs> yeah and um barney and debbie would just um let i mean us stay there they have that how little apartment up top um of their parents have i'll just stay here tonight take mm -hmm. us in to town to dinner and um it's a texas way yeah, yeah, and then um, Joe and, um, well, I knew Nikki, um, but Joe, um, genetic milestone, oh, yeah. I mean, that guy can breed goats, and all th three or four of those guys, um, Barney and Joe and um, Norman and um, Terry Blair mm -hmm. and then John and Jackie. I go back there and I just shut my mouth for a week and just soak you know, just in. soak it all in. Yeah. And you know what? Um, when we're getting Joe and with my husband in dairy cattle, mm -hmm. um, and I still. You gotta have the female um, genetics there. Yeah. Um, with my husband and his dairy cattle, they won't pick a, a cow to, for a stud buck, stud bull, um, if she's you know not three or four generations of excellent. Yeah. Um, Ninety-four points, mm -hmm. and. Joe, I mean, it was just about the same thing. He goes, I want the grand dam, you know, all the way down, four rows of genetics. I'll go back to that grandma. And no stud buck or stud sheep or bull or horse has a shitty mom. Mm -hmm. I don't know if I can say you that. You can say whatever you want, Judy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, Joe's definitely, you know, was one of the first goat guys to just really perfect line breeding and, and these families to these families and, and all that, it seems like. So that's what I tried to do. Mm -hmm. And um, I think what we've done now um, is from the full bloods and what... They, and I've talked with John Edwards because John, you know, probably collect most of those bucks and mm -hmm. did flushes on them. He goes, we were paying fifty, sixty thousand dollars, and those bucks were awful, awful, hmm. and they were awful. Bad legs. The full bloods. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, loose hided, heavy fronted, um, 
And I think that's what the weather industry has really tightened up that hide, mm -hmm. um, leveled out that top line, um, you know, picked up, smoothed out those shoulders. Mm -hmm. I think we, I think we've come back, but the ones I've noticed, they got a little bit off on their legs. But all the species, yeah. everybody's cattle couldn't walk, pigs couldn't walk for a while. Yeah. Now sheep couldn't walk and goat. Like goats are definitely at a point where they need to go one direction or the other. The other. But where did you see? I mean, when you were starting with the goats, did you did you kind of want them to get leveler? Is that what you're breeding for? Just you know, just trying to correct those things? Or? Yeah. So we're looking, you know, for bucks and mothers, yeah. their mothers or their siblings um, that would have it. Mm -hmm. So for those consistencies. See, yeah. yeah. And that we could use that buck. Um, and Joe told me, he says, if you have a doe kid that's the best thing you've had born all year, Keep her brother, no matter how ugly she is. <laughs> he is. Yeah. I've noticed, um, like, just hanging around Jamie Smith, like, the best donors are the ones that work the best every time. They always have something in common, and it's typically they're a fleshmate to a buck or something like that, or a really good buck. And yeah. You know, it all comes back together, I guess. It, it does, and it doesn't, you know, you got your good traits and you got your bad traits. Well, she's got the good traits that you want. Mm -hmm and user and you can look back and go i haven't seen any of her s siblings or that have those bad traits mm -hmm. so but i think we all need on all of our species go back you know you can't build a house without foundation mm -hmm. and norman will tell you well like how wide they are between their eyes and their horns and it carries back and but how straight they are on walking mm -hmm. you know watch the dog shows it's the same thing yeah and it doesn't matter what kind of dog they all walk hot wide and you know put that hind foot right in that front foot and that we went through bad stage on the all of our species i think and we need to look at foundation and structure and it, almost everybody who's breeding good animals was on some judging team. Mm -hmm. And, you know, Joe and Barney and Ron Hutchings and Hoppy, you know, you got to have um, style, balance. And, if you, and, you know, you want them to look, I think Norman or Ron said... Um, that if you're going to have, um, we want, all of ours have to have meat on them. Mm -hmm. But I think if you want a show animal, um, the meat animals, you can go to the sale barn and you can buy some meat. Mm -hmm. One look like show animals, so we need to put a little um, prettiness on them mm -hmm. and style and balance and the um, foundation and... I've tried to tell, like, my vet students when I was at Davis that if you want to know how to do a physical on an animal, you ought to go to the sale barn and watch those traders that buy several hundred a day, and they can tell you in about three seconds whether that animal's worth buying 
or if it's going to be dead on the trailer when you get them home, mm-hmm. you know. And I'd watch them. Um, well, I'd take some of my kids to the sale barn. Look at that. Coming in, you can't even see the whole goat. I go, that's a doe. We don't need her. Mm-hmm. And she goes, how can you tell her this doe that? I go, well, she better be feminine. Mm-hmm. If a buck or a weather is that feminine, I don't want her because yeah. she doesn't have any thickness to her. Mm-hmm. And then as they come in, you know, down the neck, front legs, do they have abscesses, sores, sore mouth, blind eyes? Go down the back, same kind of the same thing. Can she walk? Mm-hmm. First of all, <laughs> can she get on the trailer? Can she get on the trailer? And then, you know, to the rear end, does she have a prolapse? Do her legs go every which way? Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, people go, we don't go to the sale barn. I go, well, you ought to go and just sit up there all day. There's a lot and, to be learned. Yeah, a lot to be learned. Mm-hmm. So um, those are a couple of tips that I've learned from, I guess, my mentors. Yeah, over the years? Yes. So you started these county fairs. You got some weathers into these kids' hands, and it kind of started to grow. Um was anyone else out here raising weathers, or was it just kind of full bloods that ended up getting cut and shown? Yeah, it was kind of full bloods. Um, we, you know, me and Jan Carlson, um, she had the, the dairy goat unit, and then she got it in kind of the goat unit, and we got um, some of those. Um, like she would use my bucks or um, people donated bucks to her to use mm-hmm. on her Nubians. And um, that's what we started out with was with mostly the 50 percenters. Yeah. Um, but then we, you know, one just, and then you get 50 percenters and three quarters and. Eventually they're 100%. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, the, the, I mean, the weather thing out here is huge now. Did you ever see it getting this big? No. Didn't? No. I didn't um I didn't think it would get this big. This competitive and the amount of money that's in it and the kids just love the goats. Yeah. I mean it is they are different than the sheep. Um and they just love the goats. Mm-hmm. But no, I did not think that I didn't think he'd get the weather deal would get this big all the way across the country. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, I mean, I started it on getting it going and talking with everybody and the fairs and guidelines, and um, it just it took off. Yeah, it's got to make you proud, you know, it's, to see how, yeah. how big it's gotten. And I go back now... Um, to some of the shows, I'm going, I don't even know these kids. Mm-hmm. But the kids I worked with are married and have kids. Yeah, so they their grandkids. Yeah, yeah, I got my, you know, the grandkids are coming up. So Crazy, huh? it's, um, and I think, I know we've got, um, it's kind of like two sort of standards. Um, when we were in Porterville, and we've just moved up here to Clovis, mm-hmm. um, I would get the kids the goats, mm-hmm. and then, um, and when my kids were jackpotting, you might have six or eight goats 
um, and you'd have um, for your county fair and for state and for Cal Palace, and then um, they didn't sell all of them at the junior livestock auctions. So I how I told them put them in the party pen, mm -hmm. and um, I'll give you a credit on your goat on your next goat from your party pen goat and the party pen i probably sold about a thousand um party goats a year um i was gonna ask you about this because the first time i met you or like how many goats do you raise and you said about 100 weathers and then 300 party goats and we're like what is a party goat a party goat and a party goat we mostly had um and most people think mexicans eat a lot of goat which they do Mm -hmm. Filipinos was my biggest um, customers for party goats, mm -hmm. and they would take them for a party. Mm -hmm. And it could be, I've had five-year-olds come and pick their goat out of the party goat for their birthday party. How's that go? Oh, she, the little girl goes, that's my goat I want. And she knew it was going to, mm -hmm. they were going to eat them. That was fine? That was fine. Um, funerals, um, the whole family comes, but in the Filipinos, um, your guests come, family members, you have to send a goat home with them. So they might take six, eight, ten goats home so they can send, um, their relatives that came to the funeral and you have to have a funeral for grandma and grandpa like mm -hmm. every year. And it rotates around the family. And these people, um, mine were, worked the um, grapes in Delano. And then they, the families were from San Jose and Las Vegas. Hmm. And birthday parties, funerals. We did sell some for quinceaneros. Weddings. Imagine going to a wedding and getting a goat as a, a party gift. <laughs> and they'd be thrilled. We I'd did thrilled. we did sell we did have a big Muslim population. Mm -hmm. I don't know, but I've sold goats and they they go, You hold on to that goat, he's for um a circumcision party. Mm. Really? Yes. The interesting. The Muslims. They just throw a big party when they're children. It's cultural. Yeah. There you go. What uh, Jew, uh, Jewish people? I mean, do they are they big customers of goats, or are they more? I didn't have very many Jewish, um, Filipinos, um, Muslims, and Mexicans, and then the 4-H. So, yeah. I mean, I never had any. And then what we're um, talking about too is like size mm -hmm. um, and color. We're kind of um, the Asians like black goats. Mm -hmm. Black is good luck. White is bad luck. Really? Say, in the last 20 some odd years I've been raising goats, I've learned a lot about people's different cultures on their eating mm -hmm. habits. Isn't, I mean, I think it's chicken is the most popularly consumed meat in the world, but goat's not far behind it. Right, yeah, 85% of the people eat goat. Wow. And most Americans, I mean, that don't even never even tried it. And when we were in Davis, we'd have goats out in the front pasture, and they would come by, 
And they go, oh, look at the goats. When do you milk them? We go, we don't. We eat them. <laughs> and they go, who eats goats? Like 85% of the world. <laughs> um, because Muslims and Jewish don't eat pig. Yeah. But, I mean, and pig is actually, you know, the highest um, that people eat. But um, I sold. And they just come pick them up and tie them and then throw them in the back of their pickup. And then take them home and... Have a party. Yes. Eat them. There you go. But now with that, then I'd have kids that like roping goats, and then they go and they start rodeoing. But on size, like um, Superior, what has put a limit of 105 on, mm -hmm. and they drop the weight because most of the fairs um, had the weights like 75 pounds. They dropped him to 65, that's and that's for the ethnic market. Because mm -hmm. um, they prefer those little. They want the ones, little, right? and they want the little barbecue goats. And after all my judging, 50 years of judging, mm -hmm. what those guys think is a really good goat, the ethnic, is not what I would eat. Not at all. You know. And I guess that kind of makes it easier for you to make a living because the goats that you can't sell. Show wise, they still have value. Oh, yeah. To you, right? They still have value. Mm -hmm. And um, now, this is for like Norman, that after you raise, reach 60, you get to um, sell your goats and you raise Dorpers. <laughs> so, this is a written rule because it seems like you're all following it. Yes. And they're easier to um, kind of breed. They breed. Um, and lamb out real easy. So I'm down from 350 goats to like 12 goats, mm -hmm. and I've got about 45 Dorper sheep. So that's crazy. I think I love that pattern because I mean, Mike Kelly raises switched to Dorpers. Norman's kind of switching to Dorpers. Douglas Bean's got Dorpers now. Paul Holman's got Dorpers now. Judy Kay's got Dorpers now. I mean, you guys just all get together uh, just, and yeah. say, this is what we're going to do. <laughs> yeah. Justin Dur Burns, so he, he didn't make it to 60. He's no, got Dorpers. Early. He's got to wait. But, um, yeah. So, so let's so. talk about Justin. So he was, I mean, it's kind of, when I first showed up in California, it was just it was Judy Kay, White Rail Ranch, and J&J Livestock. Kind of when did they start raising goats, and, and how did that all uh, Um. A few years um, after, well, I did, um, met at, like, I don't think Aaron was in 4-H yet. Really? So, so she, probably 04, 03? Because I helped her, and I remember saving her because she d got on a goat as a bucking bull, mm -hmm. and Aaron went across San Joaquin Fairgrounds. When <laughs> <laughs> she was showing? Yeah. Oh, my God. So, um... Hey, she probably didn't, she didn't let go, though, did she? No. Didn't think so. <laughs> no. She's going to be like Kylie. Um, so, but, because we had, like, Sundance, mm -hmm. um, kids, the Schalbergers, mm -hmm. and then, um... She helped us, um, me put on the seminars at San Joaquin, mm -hmm. and Justin wasn't in it yet, mm -hmm. but he was coming around. 
So we got him going on that, and um, it's been a while, yeah. though. Time while. flies. Time um, flies. So um, I got kind of a, the next topic is, like, let's talk about some bucks, maybe, or maybe there was something that came along that just kind of put you on the map, or maybe took you to the next level, or, or anything like that. I mean, I've, I've heard of Jackknife. Is, was that one over here, or was it? He, um, Jackknife, see, in Jackknife, most people don't know, Jackknife and Chrome were, um, brothers. Oh, okay. Um, same damn, different dads. Um, Chrome was by no way mm -hmm. of Joe's, mm -hmm. and, um, Jackknife was a year older than Chrome, and he was by a buck called Black Attack. Mm -hmm from um joe okay and the mother was um a flush mate from barney mm -hmm. and we went back there see if we could buy a buck from him <laughs> um but that didn't happen barney says well i killed the first the best two oh, like w one ran into a fence post and broke his neck um but it was probably one of the the better flushes in the Borgoat history i mean some people but um that's where um two national champion bucks came from um yahtzee and power source um and there was about six bucks that were really i mean made made an um impact in and Barney was, you know, there was, like, the Weather Mafia, mm -hmm. <laughs> and there's still, I guess, a Weather Mafia. I know there's Weather Mafia and Sheep. Yeah, definitely. There's, there's one in goats. There's, it's still there. Um, so, Yahtzee sired um, two national bucks that actually sired um, Weather Goats that won, like, Houston and... And then won a major. Mm -hmm. They could do both. They did both. Yeah. It's impressive. I mean, that's, like I think you were saying it earlier, most of these big-time weather bucks, they're pretty close to full blood. It's just they're not papered. Yeah. Or at least they were back then, right? Yeah. And um, the weather, when um, the breed associations kind of weren't cooperating with all the membership, um they just didn't register them. Mm -hmm. They didn't go out and sell everything and buy something different. They might have added a little bit more Spanish mm -hmm. or a little bit of that Ibex, but they're all full bloods. Mm -hmm. They're all full bloods. Yeah. So, um, but the way I heard the story, now we can get to story time. Let's get to story time. Um, is... One second. <laughs> Calculating. Okay. It started out with Norman Coles and his girls were the mafia. Mm -hmm. And then it went to Barney and um, his two kids, Kendall and Ty. Mm -hmm. And um, By mafia, you mean just dominance? Dominance. Yeah, winning. Okay. And then it was... Um, 
Catherine and Mike Kelly, I mean, along with Blue Team Weather, because all three of those guys were partners. Uh-huh. And so, you know, they'd get the goats to Mike and Catherine. Mike can get them fed, and Catherine can get them shown. Mm-hmm. And so, and now, then I guess it went to, because that's kind of where I got out, and... Um, but that was, you know, I mean, and they ruled mm-hmm. the, those families, and it kind of got passed down when your kids left. Yeah. But. Um, it's crazy to see how far it's all come, you know, from that I, from short period of time. Short. I mean, the early 90s is when it, the, it started, mm-hmm. so it, it's come pretty fast. Yeah. Pretty fast, but I mean, it's still such a young industry. And, I mean, we used to share them. Now we fit them like cattle, mm-hmm. which has given, what, new jobs and opportunities oh, for, sure. for all the the kids mm-hmm. to, the jocks to spread themselves out and mm-hmm. um, do legs. And, Definitely. Um, it's changed a lot. It's It has. Yeah, evolved for sure. It's all... And I think, you know, um, kids, some kids, you know, want to have to win or want to have a, a jock. And mm-hmm. then some kids, you know, learn themselves and then become jocks. And But it's a good way for the kids to um, learn feeding and work with you know, the fitting teams that mm-hmm. they have so they learn how to do and that's I guess I'm gonna jump off the I um I was diagnosed and I have um cancer last year Mm -hmm. so um I haven't been able to get out to very many shows and sail I sure miss that drive down 40 highway 20 35 um and I sold my goats. Um, Creed Garriott bought most of them and ended up with Jackknife and ended up with all the chrome packing heat and Jackknife semen. Mm-hmm. So I, I thought that was a good young kid to invest in, and I'm still keeping contact and see Creed. Um, but he's helping... And getting a couple others, kids going like Jake here. I've known him for a long time, long time yeah. and I got Garrett Bow oh coming up. Is this Garrett right here? Yeah, when he was nine. Oh my gosh, I think that's how. I mean, when I met Garrett, he was very, he was little, and he He's, was a killer showman. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. But what's your? I mean, I mean, we're kind of winding down here. But what? Looking back, what is your favorite part or favorite? You know, just aspect of the entire experience you had with all of it. Watching my kids, and I did not have, we did not have children, like, of our own. Mm -hmm. Um, So, taking all these kids, um, I say it takes a village to raise a child. Um, I don't know very many of the kids that are showing now, but I probably know their moms, their dads, their grandpas. They're big brothers, they're big sisters. Mm-hmm. Um, with Mona Lisa and Ryan, just a couple miles from me, David and Terry 
downs are just a couple miles from me. Um, I've known them for a long time, mm -hmm. <laughs> a very long time. Just watching it all unfold. Just And I tell them um, having the cancer, um, sometimes it's tough, well, but they I know they're at a jackpot, and I love the streaming because I can watch it. And um, as long as the kids send me pictures is what keeps me going. Yeah. So um, yeah. I love the livestock industry. There's a couple of bad apples, but 99.9% .9 of them, um, good, good families, good kids. Um, and, I mean, I haven't seen Je um, Jake in 10 years. Uh, that's when we first met. Ten years, yeah. Probably 10 years ago. I think I was 13, about there. But, but he, you know, come up and talk to me, and um, we just start right back. It's just a great industry. Good, well, and good and bad, because I tell all these kids, we know. Um, I asked Tyson Bren, what was he doing up in Clovis late the other night? <laughs> oh, boy. So... Um, <laughs> I mean, and it it doesn't really matter what species or what you're doing, as long as the family is doing it together. Um, I think that's the most important thing. Yeah. And tell the kids you better get through high school and you better get through college, and find a job and. Yeah. Live your life. Yeah. Do your best. So Garrett, I mean, you're still pretty tight with Garrett. Let's talk about him as we finish off here. But. Yeah. So he, he, I mean, he helps you a lot, right? Right, and I help him, and yeah, because, okay, he's in Madera Ranchos, mm -hmm. like 20 minutes away. Mm -hmm. So it's one of the reasons we moved up here is to be close to them, David Downs, the SDs, a few other people. Um Just a great kid, a great family. Mm -hmm. The one brother in the middle... Plays football. That's fine. Family supports him on football. Garrett and his other brother, Brody, mm -hmm. um, do goats. And that's all they do. Yeah. And the family supports them, and I support him. So, I mean, just a good kid. Mm -hmm. And now he's helping other kids. Yeah. Funny how that works. So, um, just, yeah, that I have a picture I'm showing Jake. Um, Garrett had 4-H reserve champion when he was nine years old with a goat of ours, and um, that's ever since. So he was addicted after that. Uh, he so was addicted, <laughs> and it's all. His brother wanted to be Facebook friends with me. I'm 63, and his brother was like nine, and I said, Julie, I don't think that's cool. I go, but I'm I'm sort of safe. She goes, no, you're not. We have 50 goats because of you. You're not safe. <laughs> so um, I took that as a, a a good thing. Yeah, definitely a compliment. A sure. compliment, and I love those boys, and um, I love all my kids. Mm -hmm. I wish I could get out a little bit more, but we're getting there. Yeah, soon. We're getting there. Well. Judy, thanks for sitting down with me. And I, we're gonna think we're gonna look through some more of these pictures you've got here, and, and then I'm gonna get on the road. But yeah, thank you so much. Well, that's 
appreciate you coming out here, and um, it's been fun. Yeah. We'll go over, like, ancient history in some of my books, like Garrett calls them. (laughs) (laughs) Ancient history is the best history. Well, that is all we have for you guys this week. I I hope you enjoyed it. Uh, Next week, we have Joe Raff, and it's kind of like the completion to the, the a lot of the stories we've been hearing about and a lot of the bucks we've been hearing about and, and most of those Joe actually raised. Uh, so it's kind of an exciting uh, guest coming up. And if you haven't already, check out Jenna Wheeler and Maddie Caldwell's new podcast. It's called The Keeper Pen. It's on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and it is incredibly hilarious. Uh, they absolutely killed it with their first episode. Uh, they do a really good job. But, yep, check that out, and uh, we'll see you guys next week.